Good morning, Mr. Finley. How are you, sir? Good morning, sir. Ooh. Oh, oh! And this is what they do the podcast. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot to tell you. I made a, a delicious bean soup. It's like a bean stock. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna bean stock. My glasses. <laughs> but uh, it was a. Uh, um, I meant to bring some over uh, for you. Anyway, sorry. Oh, On to well, our movie podcast. No, no worries. No bean worries. Soup talk is our well, next podcast series. Speaking of old movie uh, sort of thing, I got. I have to say this. This is. Um, uh, we don't normally sort of date ourselves with sort of new, you know, with whatever's happening in the news, but occasionally something comes up. And I have to say, yep. um, uh, the passing uh, yesterday. Of course, Leachman. Fuck. You know, my wife got hit hard by that, too. Talk more about that. Well, okay, so here's the thing. That never fucking bothers me. It never bothers me when a, when a celebrity dies. I get it. It, does, it, just, it just never does. Chloris kind of got me. I kind of was like, Fuck. Something about like there's just there's the Frau Bluka just Frau Bluka just has this place in my fucking heart that I can't get away from. Yeah, you there's know something about her that was fucking genius. And I don't know if you saw this. I was the one of the uh, one of the roasts, one of the MTV roasts. Yeah. They had her up there. Yeah, fuck, she was raw. She rocked that fucking thing, man. See, I don't like that. That's the problem. I, I mean, we re- not too long ago did um, an episode on the Last Picture Show, mm-hmm. which I think is her crowning achievement. Oh. I mean, in seriousness, I mean, no, 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 of no enjoyment, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, young Frankenstein, of course, is. Awesome, and of course she was in. Was is it? I confess the Mickey Spillane. Is that the first movie? What's the first movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And that was her film debut as a woman in the road. I love Cloris Leachman. The problem with Cloris Leachman is not hers. Is it's a little bit of the Betty White thing. It's that. Uh, the only yeah. place for her to go is kind of like the old fish out, old lady who's a fish out of water. And so, like on that yeah. very roast, it's like, oh, let's have John Stamos make out with her. And it's like, eh. I mean, yeah. I get it, but it's like, is she just a, an old lady prop who's like, you know, is she going to be rapping next? You know, and also <laughs> the other thing, no, that's Betty. That that is kind of Betty White. And yeah. the thing is, you know, Clarice was also ninety four. Um, but you know, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Alan Alda is the one that's going to really kill me, and he's sure. in his mid eighties, you know. So it's like, and then someone will tell me, "Well, he was in his mid eighties," and I'll be like, "Fuck you, <laughs> ferret face, Frank Burns." That being said, fuck you, ferret face, uh, Frank Burns. Uh, no, Abby Normal. <laughs> keep it relative to the actual actor, <laughs> Marty Feld- uh, Marty Feldman, right? Nah, yeah, Marty Feldman, fucking <laughs> Marty. Yeah, um, something about that movie. Like I, I remember watching in the theater and having no most almost all the jokes went over my head except for like the very basic ones. But my dad, my dad took me to see <laughs> Young Frankenstein in yeah. the movie theater when I was uh, what six. Every aspect of that movie, even the little <laughs> things, like like. Um, uh, after um, she sleeps with the monster Sweet the next day, she's, well, there's that, but the next day she's eating on, on a fork, not in pieces, but one huge kielbasa on a fork. <laughs> Just like the little things in that movie. Are brilliant, but uh, not I think the least of which is Cloris Leachman, of course. I think it's just one of those things where, like, that was that was the perfect Mel Brooks movie. That's the movie where everything sort of came together. Yeah. I think I think Blazing Saddles, brilliantly funny. Yeah. I think the producers was a funny concept. I didn't ever like the movie, no, no. but uh, this is the one where like all the little things came together. Even all the little stupid vaudevillian bullshit sort of jokes just all came together and really worked. I don't think it would change it, but I do often wonder if they had cut the kind of bad ending of Blazing Saddles. I mean, I know yeah, what they were going yeah, yeah. for, but no, the last I fucking 20 hate minutes... That. I, I had, hate to break the fourth wall because we forgot what else to do. Only, I mean, I don't mind it if, like, perfectly phrased, because they forgot what, they didn't know yeah, what else to yeah, do. Yeah, if yeah. you actually have a plan, I don't mind it. 
like Bob Hope. I love those um, the the Bing Crosby Bob Hope road movies, and Bob Hope was kind of like um, would turn to the camera and you know, ah, are you crazy? Know. Did you see that? Or you know, it's like okay, I I remember. Well, I don't know. That'd be interesting. We should do some road movies or something to see if they hold up too. But anyway, we're not talking about any of. Oh, we'll stuff get there today. eventually. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll eventually actually get to what we're supposed to be talking which about, which is uh, the great. Well, is he? Mm-hmm. He's got. He's kind of an interesting legendary <laughs> status. I think. Okay, we're talking about Tyrone Powers, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, couple, we got a couple of movies of his. Well, this is interesting. Normally, I. I well, I like to criticize you for this because you, you tend to do this thing when, when it's your turn. You pick this one um, of running the gamut from A to B. Like you know, someone has like 30 years worth of movies. And it's like a 1956 and a 1957 movie. And, and normally I'm like, meh. But in this case, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that really must, much was missed by that. <laughs> you know, he, he, I associated him first before watching these films really with... The movies I had seen before, and that's like his sort of swashbuckly Zorro movies from like the late 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. And so I saw him as this kind of extension of like maybe like Rudolph Valentino or Douglas Fairbanks, like the update of that. Mm -hmm. And so I was really intrigued, and I'm glad you chose this one from I think 52 and 58. Um, But I I, I, can I, I'll just throw it to you, but I just want to make this really big. Let me let me me make something, let me say something real quick, and let's see if because I think we're in agreement on it. All right, let's hear it. Uh, there's a lot of really good actors that came out of the Hollywood system. Yeah, Tyrone Powers is not one of them. No, he's not. He's not a very good actor. No. And but the, <laughs> I think his deal is that he's just likable. <coughs> he's so, a very likable presence. I would say that's true, except in this first movie. <laughs> Oh no! Well, you and I were gonna we're gonna Siskel Ebert this one. I oh, all right, all right. oh yeah! Oh, can I keep my job? Tyrone Powers. <laughs> um, okay, so unless of course it's in, and it's entirely possible. I got my ears. I got the movies back uh, backwards in my head. That's oh, in terms of the date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so let me so, poke my head into that real quick. But yeah, go on. yeah. Well, well, I mean, we could just start talking about the movies. I guess. Well, well one of the things, you know, I mean, these are things. Um, you know, kind of factually, he died young, so he's got that quality of. Yeah. I mean, he died at forty-four, which you know he was on the kind of role where where he could have easily made twenty more years of 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 interesting movies. Um, he was he's loosely related, apparently, to Lawrence Olivier, which is bananas really? given how different they are as actors well, in terms like of quality. One's, one's an actor. <laughs> one's like First off, one's actually a, a real actor. actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Lawrence Olivier actually what? read a, uh, um, like an Auden poem or something at his grave when after he died. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, he was um, he died of a heart attack, uh, a bit of a, a boozer, I think. Um, had these interesting sort of, um, he just couldn't keep it in his pants. Apparently, that's nothing sort of unique about him as a Hollywood actor. But but, or as but a man, he had you know a, what a, I mean, a King Henry VIII sort of mm. syndrome where it's like he he married this woman and she wouldn't produce a son. He wanted a son, <laughs> oh, Jesus. and and so he divorces her for a Mexican actress. Um, and then just sort of flits around, uh, and then decides after the second marriage. That's it. Never again. Guys, if I ever say I'm getting married, kick me in the balls. Where, where have I heard that before? <laughs> Hang on. But it was good that you didn't kick uh, me in the balls. Well, it was, it was, it was, it was actually, a, it was punch, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, but then he got <laughs> married a third time and, and, um, and was sort of like in the middle of... Um, uh, a, a film uh, after the the second one we're going to talk about, um, and he died. Uh, the heart attack happened when he was doing a dueling scene with one of your favorite actors, George Saunders. 
Oh, was that who he was, who was dueling? Who was a really good friend I knew about of the this. dueling part. I didn't know that part. Yeah, oh, it was George fuck. Saunders. Like, and you love that guy. I kind of like <laughs> He's him. He's the greatest cat in all the fucking movies, <laughs> yeah. man. Well, he really catted it up by making his friend uh, Tyrone Bowers drop dead nice. during a dueling scene. So, so yeah, so he pulled the uh, the, uh, the the Private Pruitt of uh, of movies here. Pri- oh, uh, I'm losing it. Private Pruitt. Private Pruitt. Private Pruitt. Here, to, here to maternity. Here to maternity. Killed the other guy. You little monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. Yeah, okay. Uh, but anyways, no. Okay, but no. So I, but I just looked at our timeline here, and uh, no, we're right on. Like, oh, we're, that's we're, interesting. Yeah. Man. How very interesting. So we're gonna start by talking about 1952's uh, diplomatic, diplomatic Korea. Korea. Yeah, we're also gonna start talking about your digestive tract in a second. Sorry about right? that. Jesus. Um, diplomatic, uh, diplomatic courier. Cur- diplomatic courier from 1952. Courier of Look. I mean, this movie has career Ives has definitely some things. That I, I laughed out loud at some of the silly parts of it, like <laughs> Jesus, like they're, Carl they're, Malden. What in the fuck? Carl Malden's great, but but um, um, an early scene they're, they're getting a sort of top secret transmission decoded, like a, an Alan Turing machine. The guy <laughs> rips it off and then leaves the room with a door wide right. open to go down the hall. <laughs> um, there were just scenes like that that were just silly little mistakes throughout the movie. Um, it has an interesting cast. Uh, Patricia Neal, who I always associate her with HUD. She's just so brilliant in that movie. But I see, I, for, for me, it's with, uh, what's the one, the John Wayne? In uh, Harm's Way. In Harm's Way, yeah, that's right. That's but the right. same thing, by that point, she was she was sort of a boozy, uh, you know, Elaine Boozer type. She I'm was interesting, right and like, she was like never, I would say, even at like her youngest and best, I don't think she was ever like a classic sort of Hollywood beauty, but she had, there was a quality about her. Well, she, she was a she was a dame, and she and she projected dame. Hard. She was quite a tomato in this movie. I felt. Ah, pretty. I mean, it was maybe the last year she could pull that off. Or pretty tomato esque. She was tomato esque. You're goddamn Ooh, a little, right. A little bisque. And we also have now. This is kind of interesting. And I, I, I it's Hildegard <laughs> Kneff or something. That the other woman mm-hmm. who's who who plays the uh, is it Russian or Czech or, it's or Eastern European? Some blockish woman. Yeah, some Boris and fucking Natasha. I couldn't. Put my finger in her. I couldn't put my finger on where I had seen her. Mm. That is to say, um, and it kept bothering me. And it was like <laughs> she reminds me a little bit of um, Sunday morning. The, the Nico, the woman who sang with the Velvet mm. Underground. All right. uh, that wasn't it. It's like the the Velvet Underground woman. Now too early. Uh, and then I finally early. tracked it down. And she was the lead in, in Fedora, which is a movie we should do as a single episode sometime. The William Holden movie from the late 70s. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. She's Fedora in that oh, movie. Oh, really? Later on. So that's Holy like shit. maybe okay. 25 years after this movie or something. But I don't remember her from really any other movie. No, no. She's nothing that I can remember either unless we go back to our craft beer criterion collection point of view. I'm sure we'll find 20 oh, movies. <laughs> but look. The, the thing is, I adore these types of movies. One of the most comforting movies, even if it doesn't make my top ten, but that I just love every time is Counterfeit Trader. Yeah. So that like those movies of like espionage. So there's Man that. on a String. I like that one. It's, yeah, espionage. Espionage movie. I like it again. It's not it, a defensible but, thing. Okay, so like of the range, I would put Counterfeit Trader at the top. I would I would put Man on the String sort of, sort of somewhere in the middle. I would put that Robert Mitchum movie Foreign Intrigue kind of at the bottom. It was just kind of a mess. 
This was closer to that than either of the other two for me. This movie, okay, this diplomatic is where we're career. Disagree. I loved this movie. I found it very. I found it uh, all those little things. That, loved. Yeah, it doesn't make you right. <laughs> Go loved, ahead and, loved. Like a fucking calf over there, but Man. no, dude. It's it, 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 all of the the little things you were talking about, like the little inconsistencies sure. and the stupidities inside of like that. that Kind of drove me bonkers from the first, and I had I I, really, I I just couldn't get on board with this movie. Hmm. And there just came a point where my disinterest got so hard, I could I started not following what exactly was going on. I was genuinely surprised by some turns this movie took. Mm-hmm. I go ahead. No, it seemed like a movie that was trying for some really hard turns and managed to pull them off. You know, um, I liked uh, those turns. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. You just threw me off, or I threw yeah. myself off. I had something else there. But but it's but I think you know it's a movie where it, the fact that he's not a great actor and somehow works in favor in this movie because it he doesn't overwhelm anything. Right. And in a way, in a mm. weird way, a movie like this is kind of calls for that. I think that's what Holden does in in, in Counterfeit Trader. Right. Like he lets all these other pieces rise. To the top, including these these two women, Carl Malden. Okay, I, Carl Malden is just a sort of vehicle. <laughs> you know, this is the same year he did um, Streetcar Named Desire. I don't know if he did this one first or second, a, uh, but, but but you know, in Streetcar Named Desire, he's great. But he's also just sort of like he's there to move something along in that movie too. When you think about yeah, it, yeah. In this movie he was so he was so like freaking over. He was such a hammy. He was very he was so fucking eat, just chewing the shit out of that scenery. I had a little bit. Uh, that, that he kind of, he really distracted from Tyrone Power several times. That I might thought. have been a good thing in a way. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But it just but moves from place to place, and I know it's that's a cliche, fast moving. It's a like, fast it's, moving movie. It's a train. Like, it's it, yeah. now it's a cafe. It's it's almost like they took the playbook from from you know espionage thrillers and just right. like this. This is and for me. I don't know. It was comforting. Maybe it was, you know, I just liked it. I don't I mean, know. I can see it because like you're, no, you're absolutely right. It's over. like they read the big book of spy and yeah. uh, the big book of spy and they put together this movie and it moves really fast. Like if you like the plot to move fast, this yeah. is, this is definitely a movie like that. I mean, there's something with a piece of microfilm that was almost just sort of like, Oh yeah, let's throw a microfilm scene. Right. We have to give them something to actually be hunting. I didn't mind it. Cause it just, there was something maybe it couldn't have been the acting, I suppose. I, I, there was maybe this is a film that was saved uh, for me by direction. Maybe the direction just sort of brought it along because there was something about the way that it was paced, okay, and the way that it just sort of like had a point of view that kept moving from place to place um, that I really enjoyed. Okay. Also, I enjoyed its sexism. You know, right from that, the get go, Tyrone Bowers <laughs> was like, like you know, to the airline stewardess. I guess they would have called her back then. The first five minutes of the film, you know, well, maybe if you slip out of that dress. Or, I don't know what he said, but he was like, "Come here and have a seat on my my lap." Or, oh, this was this was definitely smack abroad central here, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it definitely had that that sort of um, weird quality to it. So but, this was directed by Henry Hathaway. I wonder. I don't know anything about. I don't. That name does not ring any kind of a bell. I'm no. sure he's got something going for him, but I don't know what. No, um, I'm trying to. Oh, poverty row. No, here's something that we should think we need to talk about. Um, both Lee Marvin and Charles Bronson in this movie. Wait a minute, I I saw Lee uh, Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin has Charles Bronson had a significant speaking role for whatever that is. He probably had ten lines or something. Charles Bronson had one line, but he was one of the Russian agents on the train who Mm. followed him into the cafe early on. Uh, Did he? Did he say Yavas Lublu? I don't know. I wasn't going to use it myself. <laughs> but uh, 
<laughs> but, <laughs> I, 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 I love you, Joe, and you have the worst. You did the worst Russian accent ever right there. Um, <laughs> you didn't even do it as good as he did. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Charles Bronson had that um, kind of uh, Anthony Quinn quality and that because he was like probably seen, I'm putting quotation marks here, like as dark and swarthy it's like put him he could be a mexican an indian a russian you know like yeah, you yeah, put him yeah, in any, yeah. any <laughs> role that wasn't Anthony like the Quinn. whitest role it, by the way side note as long as you mentioned joe <laughs> brenner when um when tyrone powers died i should mention this during the second film but i'll forget it when he died filming <laughs> his last film um um Yo solomon and the uh not solomon and beth sheba solomon and sheba solomon and sheba solomon and sheba um it, Took, is that Bathsheba? No, no, Sheba. Bathsheba is a place. Sheba was the lady. I just figured they, they it was Bathsheba and they called it like Sheba for Sheba. Hey, Sheba. <laughs> hey, but Sheba. I, my biblical scholarship is Sheba. <laughs> Smack. <laughs> um, that uh, when Tyrone Power, who's three quarters of the way done filming it, when George, when George Saunders killed him, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Yul Brenner took over. Oh, so did that, I? That, that film co-stars Yul Brenner. They had to redo the whole thing. Wow. Anyway, so this I, I I've never seen that movie either, but no, 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 no. I'm, I'm gonna go back and watch this. No, <laughs> Chuck Bronson. Any, any, any. Oh yeah, Chuck Bronson is good in this. Right. It's one little, <laughs> little popping in role. But but I thought, wow, that's that's great. Those two. How many movies did those two somehow? Not even by design. I don't think Bronson and, and Marvin were in a movie together by design until 1981's Death Hunt. Right. It's you know what I mean. Like they're both in the Dirty Dozen, but I don't. That's not like oh, let's get those two together. It was like that's a yeah, huge yeah, yeah. ensemble. That's an ensemble. Case. So we're talking of, about like two leads. These two. Yeah, definitely. Everything a great else was they were extras in, in in together. I think so. For a second, I remembered them both being in Bad Day at Black Rock, but then I realized, oh no, they weren't. Right. That you was, want them to be, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been perfect. That would have been a perfect role for fucking uh, for Charles Bronson. But uh, well, I, I, Ernie took it over. Yeah. I call him Ernie. I love Ernst. Yeah, the Ernst. It's impossible to not love the Borknator. Oh, I was going to hit me away, but okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what else to say about this movie. I mean, it's uh, Tom didn't like. He thought it was just didn't make the cut. It was just it, well, okay. I would. Uh, I'm just going to say I thought it was like a two and a half star out of out of five, right? I thought oh, it was very five. middle. It's I thought it was five star. Are we are right, we living in the Eastern Bloc ourselves? Five stars. <laughs> what, what, what new rating system oh, have you designed? Uh, everybody, the Eastern Bloc is a reference to Soviet Union. Four times an episode is my commitment. <laughs> it's a four star system. So out of four stars, out of four stars, yeah. Two. I, it's, it's, it a, I think it's just very middle of the road. I'd give it three out of four stars. Not actively awful, just very middle of the road. If you can give, I would love like, to watch this with a millennial, just because of the troubling. <laughs> The tr- yeah, just the, sort of the more troubling parts. This is how we give old them we are, eyes. by the way. I do this all the time too. With a millennial, as if millennials like the the youngest age. We're getting so old that mm-hmm. we start mentioning ages of people who are starting to age themselves as young. Do, do people. You keep talking like this, man, and I'm going to pull out my ear horn and hit you over the head with it. <laughs> uh, um, hey, it. Uh, <laughs> if you could give a movie like Papa's Delicate Condition a three out of four star. Could. Yeah, but I have no. I, I cannot. I love that fucking movie and cannot defend it. Well, that's no, what I mean. No, it's, it's a terrible like, fucking movie. And I that's love why it. I give it three. Yeah, I, I, mean, I would say if I were being more like rigorous, I'd give it two and a half. I yeah, and I'm not it's, smacking you down for liking it. It's, it's just, fair. Yeah, okay. it's fair. But I'll give it a good because I just enjoyed it. I might have been in the mood. Tickle, 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 tickle. And it really set me up for the next film. Oh, this next film. Now I've okay. Yes, go ahead. Uh, I, I got to say, uh, I, the first time I uh, the first time I got to experience this particular production, 
It was a, it was a movie, it was a radio play. I used to listen to radio plays when I was a kid because I was a fucking nerd. So it wasn't this particular production. No, but well, I mean, but it was of witness for the prosecution. So I went into this movie not knowing anything about it, having heard, I've heard of it mm. before. But then watching, it, I was like, oh wait a minute, I fucking I've, I've, I know this I know this plot. I know what's going on. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was like Barbara Stanwyck, or so, I, I want to say sense. that was Barbara Stanwyck in the uh, radio play. But anyway, so yeah, oh, they body. they moved it to the moved it to the states and moved it over. But and, and I also didn't know this was an Agatha Christie play play initially so well, you definitely know it's a play when you it oh, was based boy. on a play when you watch it for yeah, sure. yeah 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 it's very much a play um but I yeah I did know I was surprised that, that to find it was Agatha Christie it's 1958 yes it is Mr. Tyrone Powers the movie is called <gasps> you already said it when it's for the prosecution yeah I remember saying that okay yeah I don't think I did but you know what we're not gonna die on this hill Joe we're moving forward. I'd say let's mire ourselves Tyrone in our argument. Power. I would say Tyrone Power is actually more of a co-star. I mean, I think he gets the top billing in this movie. Yeah. But he's definitely, I think he falls squarely into the co-star category. Uh, it's one of those weird things that the, I think the decisions they have to make in Hollywood, et cetera, and that's that someone could be a co-star versus the star, and the actual position of their character mm. elevates them to the starring role. Right. And I think it goes the other way too. I'm sometimes surprised that someone gets a a nomination for best supporting actress or actor, but then I feel like, oh, maybe it's just like the position of that character weirdly or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I think we're justified in calling it a, a Tyrone Power movie. Oh sure. Um, although you could call it a Charles Lawton movie, certainly. Well, I think because I think this this it seems like this movie because it was an Agatha Christie production and amongst other mm-hmm. things was uh, sort of equally slated to go both sides of the water on that as far as like its release. Yeah. So it was put together. It was put out by. It was produced by United Artists, but I think it was also it was released more or less, you know, at the same time in uh, the States and in England as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it was trying to sort of. So I think it was a, a project ideally suited to sort of play to both sides. Because you got Tyrone Power on the one side, and then you got Charles Lawton on the oh, other. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's try. It's it kind of strikes a really interesting balance. Wait, tr- is as Charles as, Lawton trying to is supposed to appeal to the British side? Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. he's very. I mean, he, is there like the only thing more British than Charles fucking Lawton has got to be Winston Churchill, as far as I can tell. Well, that yeah. I, uh, okay, <coughs> that's interesting. I mean, uh, Charles Lawton is one of those guys where the the stuff I like most of his is when he's old like this. Spartacus, uh, of course, advice and consent. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose him in this. And then he's got this whole other like mutiny on the bounty, um, Hunchback of Notre Dame, all that sort of stuff. When like, he was, like his 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 salad days for sure. I guess so, but I, I there. Uh, uh, but I'm like you. I know kinda... him. I know him from almost no movies. I know yeah. Advisor Consent and Spartacus up until this movie here, yeah. and I've always loved him. I mean, he's mm-hmm. like, he's he's a very commanding person on any given screen. He's super yeah. charming. I mean, he's, he's so fucking charming. He, his charm comes through even though he's been. I don't know how to put that. It's like it's like it's, he's got a quality of being in the room with you, the the viewer. Yeah. Uh, that I liked so, but but it was um, but it was it was really fucking it was very interesting. Uh, yeah, I wish I guess it makes me want to go and see those other things. You know, like Hunchback of Notre Dame. Really, oh, you've never do- seen those. Uh- I've never seen anything by else by Charles Blotton, Just those two. Okay, all right. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about the. How about the plot this time? Let's start okay. with the plot. All right. So I talk about a movie that's designed to to bounce. You know, to throw spoilers at you. Also, I think this was the first instance of. Wait, what do you mean by? Th- I'm sorry to interrupt you, but to throw spoilers at you. Oh, you oh, mean that that we can't say twist. too much 
because we will. Well, there is that too. I, okay. I want to point out this is the first movie I've ever heard of that had like a spoiler alert, like warning to the audience as they're right. leaving, saying, right. "Hey, please don't tell anybody about the ending to this movie." Yeah. It might be the first movie like that. Yeah, I think so. Psycho uh, did that too, as I recall. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's after this, though. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But so this is uh, this is a. It's a mystery. It's a court. It's really a courtroom melodrama. Mm-hmm. It's a play. It's got all those things that you might hate, but you kind of, you kind of don't. You know, I think it's a, you know the, the few good men test that's definitely got sort of all those qualities. I think this is, um, but, but this is more deliberately set up as a mystery. It being Agatha Christie, that makes it that's fucking natural. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you don't, you don't, you're not, a, you don't catch wind of that fact for a while, I suppose. Right. I mean, there's the nagging sense of since Tyrone Powers is on trial and, and you know, someone else did it, then um, there's that sense of mystery that sort of lays in the background, I suppose. But you never have a, a sense of urgency that this film is going to try to solve that for you. Right. Um, but this movie is actually, help me out, it's also a halfway a comedy. I mean, one of the biggest, hold on, here's the thing. One of the biggest characters in this movie is Charles Lawton's heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of play, basically. He's a, he's a retired barrister, which is what the stupid British people call lawyers. It's a stupid wigs. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they wear their little wigs. They don't, they don't yeah, carry they Quaker oats with them while they do so. It's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, so, so Tyrone Power is accused of a murder of an older woman. Who he'd sort of been a companion to in the last several months. Right. Uh, platonically of naturalement. Yep. And, uh, he's and then, married. Uh, yes, he is married. And she's uh, killed by blunt, blunt force trauma. Mm-hmm. And um, he gets uh, he, he gets money. Uh, she, she put him in his will. Put yeah, him in I mean, the, the, what we're led to believe and, and maybe is believable is that he doesn't really know that. Even at the time that he thinks he's going to be charged with murder or a lawyer believes he's going to be charged with murder, which is why he's brought to Charles Lawton's house, mm-hmm. who is just returning from the hospital because of his smoking, because of his Tom-like behaviors. <laughs> Oh, it didn't land as well as I thought it would. Filled with wisdom, you mean, sir? (laughs) Filled with wisdom and or fucking ZD? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't wish, of course, you to die, Tom, but uh, the Quincy part... I kind of of can't return that favor at the moment. (laughs) The Quincy part of me wants you to be cut open and and ZD to to pop out just because you made that prediction. (laughs) But, um, so... Come here, Sam. There's a great um, um, uh, Charles Lawton's not assistant, but like one of his colleagues who I couldn't place at first. Who, who's also um, not a barrister. He's a lawyer versus a barrister. I guess over there, one a yes. solicitor Let's can't. Stop. Let's back whatever. Okay. We don't, the House of Lords. Okay, fine. So he's, he's a friend of Charles son. Lawton. We this guy was in. I, I couldn't place him, and he was the inspector and dial in for murder. Dial in for murder. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So so okay. So so Tyrone Powers is first of all he's irritatingly a ne'er do well on the verge of like. This is okay. Hold on. Let's back it up here because this is where I think his acting is is he's perfect for this role. Yeah. He's just the glibest douche nozzle. Yeah. He's just glib. Yeah, 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 the yeah. word for it, and uh, Tyrone Power is is like he's built for that, like in a lab. Yeah, and 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 we're we're set up to, to sympathize with him because um, here he really does not have much of an alibi, or or could be shaky, and he has this history of kind of being a loser and needing money, and this woman had money, mm-hmm. and uh, but the woman who will who will 
save him really is his wife, Marlena Dietrich. Right. Um, you know, and she'll be she'll she'll save him in the courtroom. And anyway, uh, yeah. So that's I mean, anyway. And then a court, <laughs> uh, then a, uh, a trial ensues. <laughs> that's that's the other. Actually, la- I mean, the last hard third of not. the movie. You actually, don't want to really spoil that last third. It's right? interesting that it's only the last third of the movie where we actually get a trial. We're getting all this sort of background mm-hmm. into him. This was. Um, Adapted by Billy Wilder and directed by Billy Wilder the year before he did Some Like It Hot and two years before The Apartment. Yeah. Um, did he do a bad movie? Yeah, this one. I hate this movie. You hate it's, this movie? It's terrible. I mean, it's really uh, not even a fair movie. Marlena Dietrich is a She's weirdly cast. In this movie. Yeah, she's she strangely is fucking awful cast. in this movie. Um, Charles Lawton, you know, it's hard for him to be bad even when it's hammy because it's like that's kind of his persona, I guess. Mm. Tyrone Powers is his usual not a great actor. The um, the way that it's adapted, I'm shocked at Billy Wilder because, like the the way that people move when something traumatic happens, people move the way that high school actors move in a play. Like you can see them waiting for the thing to happen and then to awkwardly moving as it happens constantly in this movie, and it's like wow, that's mm. like. Terrible acting in this movie. Um, well, that would be terrible directing, really. Well, I would say both. Mm-hmm. I would say the actor's instincts or, were or poor. editing. One of those. Well, yeah, of those, yeah. P- take your fucking pick, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give it to Edith Head. She always does good costuming. Uh-huh. But um, I, I, I'm struggle besides the sort of natural like I have for Charles Lawton. I share that with you. I'm struggling to find one thing I liked about this movie. It was mm. simply always unbelievable, never surprising. Um, poorly delivered. I just, I didn't, I just, I was shocked. I was really looking forward to this movie and I thought it was abysmal. Really? I, 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 I would not share that with you. I liked, uh, I, there are some things that it's it, not a perfect movie for sure. There's a lot of things that are sort of like wanting in this flick, but I just kind of, you know, like I, I guess I've always been a sucker. First off, I've read everything Agnes Christie ever wrote. Uh, and I just, I'm always on, a sucker Tom. for a mystery on Leave that. this little clap. No, it was just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to share that. Yep. <laughs> sorry. Yep. Well played. Thank so, you. yeah, anyways, I enjoyed the movie. Oh, you enjoyed it? Yeah. Let me give you the slow clap. <laughs> give you the slow clap after everything you said. Condescending give you the slow clap, Tommy. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I mean, do you, is that why you liked it? I mean, or did that help you like it? Because you just have an affinity for Agatha Christie in general? I just like stupid drawing room mysteries I always kind of had. This movie reminded me of another movie some people like, and I, 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 get, I need to go back to it because maybe I didn't give it a fair shake, but I just, for the same kind of reason, like it. And that's the list of Adrian Messenger. I you do, don't like it? No. Oh, fuck, I love that movie. Do, oh, look, that's Burt Lancaster. Yeah, I can fucking see that. Oh, because Jesus I have Christ. eyes. I have the magic of sight. Oh, yeah. You have the magic of fucking hindsight. You probably read the Malton uh, review of it. In the, <gasps> the what? Before you ever went into it. No, no. I, your dad showed it to me when I was 11. Finley number one showed it to me when I was 11. Mm-hmm. I saw it again. It just... Really? Not nah. much of a plot. I, I love mean, a good fight. I love a good drawing room mystery. This definitely had that quality to it. And I like fucking... What's his name? Uh... What? Well, I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> I don't because, but I also feel like you can hardly give anything away in this movie. It's it's like yeah, because yeah, it's, the Marlene Dietrich was a mistake. That's for well, goddamn also, sure. Also, yeah, but Charles Lawton was what? I can't say it, but here, that gives it away. I mean, it's just like yeah. Within ten minutes, you're like, <laughs> uh huh. I get it. I understand the entire plot. 
I understand exactly yeah, what yeah, the plot is I wasn't now. really paying attention to that. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> it's that's, like that's an yeah, impossibly bad move they made by doing but, that. But uh, and then there's just the, there's like also there's the other thing too, which I again I'm a sucker for like charming British banter from that time period. Oh, like, well, let me give you this. This movie wow. has got, fuck you, <laughs> God, you son of a bitch. This movie has got that coming up. It's got a lot of British charm going on here. I yeah. love the fact that, yeah. like, it's like, for, so Charles Lawton is this barrister. He's had a heart attack, and he's constantly at war with his nurse to try to smoke cigarettes like a fucking 10-year-old or something. But it's just unfunny by the way, after the first someone, time. It's just so, it's 100% unfunny after the first joke. Oh, uh, I disagree. But more to the point, what I think is interesting is uh, that nurse is also, uh, that was his wife playing that nurse character. Which is the most shocking thing in this movie because I that had no shocking. idea that he was straight. <laughs> Zero idea. Oh, I don't think he was straight. Was... I think he was gay. Oh, you think? I think she was a, a nurse beard then well, in that case. Oh, nurse beard. But even it's like there, a neck it's, beard, it's sort of like, but it's hard with to argue artisanal about. pickle shops. It's hard to argue like, you know, that was funny. It wasn't funny. It's like, I, I, it's, those arguments are, yeah. are worth, but, but I'm just. Not funny, say, but charming to but me. I just don't get it. Like, mm. it, it's just like, um, is she like the the governor or the brakes on his situation? She doesn't want him to smoke, so he's going to sneak smoking. It's like, uh, see 50 million other films where that joke's been played out. Uh, it's he's just, just like... But he's a brilliant genius, but he's also <laughs> more or less eight years old. And by the way, Charles Lawton, I think, is a great actor. If for no other reason, he can pull you into things. But there were even moments in this film with the uh, informant, the sort of the third act informant. Uh. That's yes, the fucking, that's the dreadful. Worst. But even there, he maybe he was just embarrassed by the, by the acting situation. But even he started to act badly there, like, oh, oh dear, dear madam, I. It's like, what the fuck? Even Charles Lawton is doing a poor acting job. Now. I read, I read, uh, I, I don't remember what it was, but it was like I can't, I can't remember where it was, but something about how um, the person who played the informant was maybe done a disservice because they because they might have gotten a best best acting. Like, if not for that like, scene. Like, I've gotten an Oscar. For, no, for that scene. Oh, oh if, if they had been... Yep. The secrecy surrounding the ending of the movie hadn't been what it was, that person might have been up for an Oscar. And that ending... Makes me kind of want to blow my brains out. By the way, the last... <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. It's just terrible. By the way, the last three minutes of the movie is like... I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel myself exaggerating, like, some of the worst three minutes in cinematic history. No, but, but it's, like, not good. The last three minutes are just like, you're kidding Dude. me. At that point, that was where it was most painfully a play. It was definitely a play yes. trying to wrap its well, shit up. Well, that's what I mean. Like, with the, with the nurse in that scene, where, like, you could, if you go back to that scene, when something dynamic happens, <laughs> I can't believe I have to talk this way, when something dynamic happens in that scene, the nurse's reaction, watch her. She's just, you can see her as an actress waiting for the thing that you're not supposed to know happens, hap, happening so she can move into scene. Mm-hmm. Just like a high school, or like I would have in a high school play, basically. Huh. Interesting. Okay. And yeah. I won Best Actor in my junior high school. $50 savings bond. <laughs> Is that right? I sure did the Robert E. Weeby Award for my role in Peck's Bad Boy as why the father. I, why do I find the, your name, you being associated with the word Weeby very un, very un, uh, un Unsurprising. What's I, I? I want to be insulted. What's weeby? It just sounds like what you are. You're, 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 like, like, you're like you're a weeby. Like I'm a weeby. Yeah. weeby <laughs> you're a weeby. Weeby. Yeah. <laughs> weeby, weeby, weeby. <laughs> I, I'm picturing uh, Beaker. So. Oh, you fucking weeby. It's funny, yeah. I mean, neither one, I would say, is a great... Give me the slow clap, please. Um, uh, neither one is a great movie, but in terms of enjoyable, I thought... 
um, the first one was much more enjoyable. Really? And this okay. one was just so, maybe I was just so disappointed, but it was just a painful thing. Well, this to one watch. came with, with a higher baggage for sure, like yeah. a, a higher weight of expectation. Really? Okay. So, yeah, well, this is one of those situations where, uh, we're uh, we're at odds with our belief system there. I get it. That's cool. What are you gonna do ah, with our belief system? What the fuck am I talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's more Tyrone Power stuff to say. I don't know. I know. I, well, I will say this. Uh, I can't say Tyrone Power without thinking Tyrone shoelaces. So. What are Tyrone shoelaces? Remember Basketball Jones? It was an old teaching show. Basketball shot. Jones. Tyrone shoelaces was the name of the okay. kid. Oh, I, I forgot. Yeah, about let's that. not go into that any further, shall we? Bailiff, whack his peepee. I think he's going to show you, Jr. <laughs> go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. All right, Tommy. All right. Uh, thanks so much for for bringing Tyrone Powers to the table for me. I completely forgotten about him. The uh, power, Zorro. The Tyrone Powers and the Furies. I wonder. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, never mind. All right, buddy. All right. All right, we're out. See you next time. Yes, sir. Have a good day. This one or the stop? Oh, this is a great part of it. Stop.